Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. The first thing is that understand that the very thing that was a curse to the people of Israel being the snakes became the very thing that they had to look at in order to be healed. All right, so the thing that the, the curse, which was the snakes, was the thing that they had to look at to be healed. All right, and then number two, it wasn't until they acknowledged their sin that the Lord chose to show the mercy. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Word of the Day 316 podcast here on the Kingdom Rock Network. I'm so excited that you have decided to join in with me today. As you know, or as you may not know, we are actually in a, in a segment called Walking Through the Word, where we are doing a Bible commentary through the book of John. All right, so we're taking our precious time with this, and it's going to be as long as the Lord allows it to be. Amen. So we're going to actually jump right back in where we left off at. This is episode four. So if you haven't already watched episode one, two, three, I definitely encourage you to do so. There is some 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 great things that we talked about, some some clarity and understanding of the scripture that we have explored. And um, we are here on part four, episode four. So if you haven't already watched part one, two, and three, I definitely encourage you to do so. Uh, you can do that on the Kingdom Rock Net, rather on W www.kingdomrock.org. Amen. So uh, we're going to go ahead and dive right into chapter three. All right. This is chapter three of John. And um, I'm, I'm so excited for this one. This is going to be an amazing thing to read. And, and I just pray that wherever you are, just grab your Bible and, and let's just get right into this thing. Amen. So we're just going to start with uh, John chapter three, uh, verse one. And we are reading from the NLT version. And we will also be referencing other versions and, and different things like that as well. Amen. So let's just dive right in. This is John chapter three, uh, verse one. And it reads, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Um, rather, after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Now, I love verse three here. Uh, I, I love how, how Jesus, he gets straight to the point. There's no, no time for small talk. He gets straight to the point. Look at Jesus here. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? All right, so let's stop right here. All right. Now, we understand what it means to be born again. This, this is a fundamental truth um, that, that our salvation is, is rooted in. We, we, we understand we have to be born again. But understand when Jesus steps on the scene during this time period, this is something that's new to them. All right, to this point, they had the law of Moses, and, and especially the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they were so in tune and just so knotted with the, the law of Moses that nothing else was right to them. It's the law or, or your, your whatever, you know. But this is new to them, and we got to understand that there was, again, they were so fixated with the law and tradition that anything else that was presented to them or it goes against status quo, against their tradition, and we talked about we talked about a little about a little of this in um and when we talked about the uh, the wedding of Canaan, but it, it, if it goes against what they believe, if it goes against the status quo, if it goes against the law of Moses, then 
they weren't, they weren't having it. They, they weren't receiving it. They, 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 they could not receive it. Now, we understand that this is one because they're spiritually dead. You know, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 14 says, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. And they can't understand it for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. And this is why the first thing Jesus starts off with to Nicodemus is he says, you must be born again. You must be born of the spirit. You must be born again. Now, this puts us in a little bit of a situation because if you need God's spirit to understand spiritual truths, how can Nicodemus possibly or any of us understand these things, you know, without having his spirit, right? Uh, Or at this particular time or before we receive his spirit. Now, this, this, is, this is something that we gotta, we, we can actually see this in uh, Matthew 13, uh, verses 10 through 13. You know, many times Jesus would use parables or illustrations to bring understanding to spiritual truths or different things that, that otherwise people, will, people wouldn't understand. Uh, let's look here again at Matthew 13, verses 10 through 13, and it reads, um, his disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to people? He replied, talking about Jesus, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are, but for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That's why I use parables. So again, Jesus had to use parables so that we may understand. He used parables so, they may, that, so that they may understand what, what he's talking about. Amen? And again, the reason I bring this up is that Jesus actually uses a parable to, to help Nicodemus understand this, this, this concept, this, this, this truth of being born again. Because this was a new truth that was, that, 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 that was presented to them. They, they didn't know what this is. They, they didn't understand. That's why Nicodemus was confused. He said, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb? He was perplexed. This was something that just kind of blew his mind, right? So Jesus uses a parable here. Let's again start here at verse 3 and and read on. It says, verse 3 says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, Nicodemus explained? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Humans can produce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say to you, you must be born again. Verse 8, Jesus gives an, uh, here in verse 8, Jesus gives an illustration to help. This is the illustration, the parable, if I may, that Jesus uses to help Nicodemus understand this, this truth of being born again. And it reads as follows. Jesus says, the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from, so it rather, uh, Verse 8, the wind blows wherever, wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. All right, so we, we, can't, we can't fully, we, we see what this is saying and we understand this, but it's very interesting because when you begin to read what Jesus is saying here in, in, in the Greek, he uses the word, he uses the word pneuma. That word when means pneuma, and this is, this is important because 
when you begin to read this, Jesus is actually using the play of words that Nicodemus would have understood. Now, we understand, you know, Jesus is talking about the wind, but actually this word pneuma is actually a three-meaning word, and he uses it twice. He uses it to refer to wind, and he also uses it to refer to spirit. This word pneuma has three different meanings in the Greek. It means both wind, it means both breath, and it means spirit. All right, and, and the word pneumatos means spirit. The Holy's talking about the Holy Spirit. But this is interesting because Nick, this is something that Nicodemus would have understood. This is something that would have blown his mind because it, it, it you know, many times when we receive revelation or things that, that is like highlighted to us in the word, it's like, it just kind of blows our mind, right? This is something that would have happened to Nicodemus because he would have understood this, this word pneuma, which means both wind, breath, and spirit. It would have clicked for him. There would have been an instant correlation made right here. Amen. And it's also interesting, though, this is just a side note, but this is something that really just kind of just really kind of, you know, excited me when I when I read this word, when I really looked at this word pneuma again, it means both wind, breath and spirit. It's interesting to know why, you know, when, when Jesus uses this word to describe the Holy Spirit, if you remember in Acts 2, 2. When the Holy Spirit came and had filled the house where they were sitting at, the Bible says he came in like a rushing wind. I think this is so beautiful because it truly shows the 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 the, the, the harmony between the relationship of, of of you know the God between the Father and the Son and the Son and the Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit he didn't come you know with, with, with flashing lights or with fire or or this or with thunder. It says he came like a mighty rushing wind. All right, and this affirms what Jesus says right here. It says. You know, the wind comes and goes as it wants to. And he, again, he's referring to the spirit, Numa. He's referring to the spirit. And I think it's so beautiful how harmonious this, this relationship is with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus, that the Holy Spirit will affirm everything that Jesus says. He refers to the spirit as a wind, so the Holy Spirit came as a wind. Amen? That's just something that really stood out to me. But let's continue to read here in verse 9. Nicodemus rather Nicodemus he asked uh, how is this possible Nicodemus asked verse 10 you are a respected Jewish teacher and yet you don't understand these things I assure you we tell you what we know and what we have seen and yet you won't believe our testimony but if you don't believe me in what I tell you about earthly things how can you possibly believe me if I tell you about heavenly things no one has ever gone to heaven in return but the son of man has come down from heaven Amen. So let's look here at verse 12. Verse 12 reads, but if I don't believe, rather, but if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe me when I tell you about heavenly things? Now, we have to understand that as believers, there are truly things that God wants to reveal to us. He wants to reveal to his people. There's many marvelous things, many marvelous revelation, wonderful things that God wants to reveal to us by his spirit. Let's look here. Uh, let's just cross-reference the scripture real quick. Let's look here at 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 10 and 12, as we read earlier. It reads, but it was, rather, but it was up to, rather, but it was up to, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. Amen. So 
Understand something. When you give your life to Christ, when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, his spirit comes and lives within you. All right. And, and, and the fact of the matter is because the spirit lives within you, all the deep truths, all these different things that God wishes to show his people, you have access to it because you have his spirit living within you. But you got to understand, Jesus says, if you don't understand these earthly things, how can you understand heavenly things? We got to understand that with, with our faith, we got to continually check our foundation. We got to check those base, those basic things of our faith, we could, because the fact of the matter is, Though God wants to show us, you know, these deep things about himself, these, these deep revelation and, and these, these wonderful, marvelous things, he won't do it if your foundation isn't right. If you don't understand earthly things, if you don't understand the basic things, how can he even reveal these heavenly things unto you that you can't even see? This is important because, again, God wants to reveal things to us, but he won't add nothing onto you if your foundation is cracked. This is why we got to understand the basis of our faith. We got to understand why Jesus died, who, who Jesus is, the basis of our faith. We got to understand these things. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, you know, you, you can be saved, but not have, you know, full, truly understanding of what, what that even, you know, as far as like the, the word of God and everything, we, you need to have understanding of the basis of your faith, who Jesus is. You know, why, why did he have to die? Why, why wasn't him that had to do it? Amen. You got to understand the basis of your faith because it's only until then that we begin to, you know, dive into his word and read his word and truly understand what God is telling us that God can add more stuff to us, that he can reveal certain things to us. All right. The Bible says, you know, study to show yourself approved. This is for all believers. We got to study the word. We got to dive into the word. Amen. Because as we continue to do this, our foundation begins to become more solid in Christ Jesus. And as our foundation becomes more solid, he can add more stuff to us. He can reveal different things to us in his word. You know, by his spirit, he can reveal these things to us. All right. Again, Jesus tells Nicodemus, how can you, rather, how can, how can you understand the heavenly things if you don't understand earthly things? So again, let's continue to read here in verse 13. And it reads, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the son of man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him uh, will be saved and have eternal life. Now, we understand that the entire Bible, as we read it, the entire Bible, Jesus is truly the center point of it. Uh, we, 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 we say that, you know, the, you know, the, the uh, Old Testament is, is Jesus concealed and the New Testament is Jesus revealed. And this is truth. But we got to understand that though the Old Testament may be Jesus concealed, there is still previews and foreshadows of Jesus in the Old Testament. And this is one of those right here. This 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 reference that Jesus is making comes from the, uh, the book of Numbers or the book of Numbers 21 verses of four to eight. Again, he, he, he says in verse 13 of, of John, he says, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the, son of, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And he says, as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. So let's take a look here at this particular reference that Jesus is talking about here. All right, again, it's in the book of Numbers, uh, verse 21, uh, rather chapter 21, verses 4 through 8. And it reads as follows. Then the, people, then the people of Israel set out to Mount Or, taking the, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around to the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out here to Egypt to die here in the wilderness? 
they complained. There is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away these snakes so that Moses, rather, so Moses prayed, so Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, make a replica of, a poison, of the poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who were bitten will live if they simply look at it. Now, we have to understand a few things here because when we begin to really understand this story, it kind of really sets us up for John 3.16, the famous verse that everybody knows, right? So let, let's look here at, at this story that, that, that we know regarding the bronze snake. The first thing is that understand that the very thing that was a curse to the people of Israel being the snakes became the very thing that they had to look at in order to be healed. All right, so the thing, that the, the curse, which was the snakes, was the thing that they had to look at to be healed. All right, and then number two, it wasn't until they acknowledged their sin that the Lord chose to show the mercy. Again, verse seven of, of second, rather, of, of Numbers 21, um, it says, um, the people came out, rather, the people came to Moses and cried out, we have sinned. See, they are acknowledging their sin, all right, by speaking against the Lord and against you. All right, so both of these points relate to, to John 3, 16. It relates to Jesus as well. Let's look at this first point. Again, the very thing that, that was a curse to the people, that the snakes was the, very, was the very thing that they had to look at in order to be healed. Let's take a look here at 2 Corinthians verse 5 and 21, and it rather chapter 5 verse 21, and it reads, For he made him, talking about God, for he made him who know no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteous, righteousness of God in him. Now, just like here in the Old Testament, just like here in the book of Numbers, the people of Israel, they had to look upon the snake in order to be healed. The thing that was a curse to them, they had to look at that thing in order to be healed. This is the same thing for Jesus. No, I'm not calling Jesus was a, was a curse, but he became, again, the Bible says he became sin for us so that we may receive his righteousness. Again, verse uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, 21 reads, uh, for he was made for he." For he, being God, made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. All right, Jesus was made sin for us. Sin is a curse to us, but Jesus was made sin in order for us to receive life. Just like in the Old Testament, the snakes that, were, that, had, that, that God had used to curse the people was the same thing that they had to look at, a replica of the snake in order to be healed. You see the picture here? You see the correlation here? Amen. Hallelujah. So again, just as the people had to look at the snake in order to be healed, is how we had to look at Jesus. We had to look at Jesus in order to be healed. The Bible said, if we just simply look at him, the Bible, rather the old, in the Old Testament, the Lord said, if they simply look at the snake, they'll be, they'll be healed. It's the same thing with us. If we just simply look at Jesus, if we acknowledge our sin, if we acknowledge, and this takes humility, or if we acknowledge our sin, if we acknowledge that we, Lord, I am a sinner, if we acknowledge who we truly are, and we look at him, if we just simply look at him and accept what he's doing, we receive our healing. We receive forgiveness of sin. Amen? And this sets up John 3.16 perfectly. We know this one. And it reads, For God so loved the world, he gave his only, 
begotten Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear that their sins will be exposed. But God, rather, but those who do what is right come to the light so the others can see that they are doing what God wants. Amen. So the fact that the matter is God wants to save us all. He, he, he wants to save us. All right, the Bible says it's his will that no man shall perish, but that all may come, you know, to repentance. That, that's the Lord's will for all humankind. That, that's his will for all people. He wants us all to, to do this. But the fact of the matter is there are some people who will live in darkness, who enjoy darkness, who will die in darkness. And because they die in darkness, they will live in darkness for forever, separated from light, which is God. Amen. Let's look here at verse 19. Uh, of John chapter 3 John 3 19 it reads and the judgment is based on this fact God's light came into the world but people love the darkness more than they did the light for their actions were evil all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near for fear their sins will be exposed now I want to stop right there there are some people who feel that and it, 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 it truly is the fact that when you come to God, he, he will expose your sin. He will expose where you are a messing. But see, the enemy, he, he takes his truth and he twists it and he makes it seem like Jesus wants to shame us, that the Lord wants to shame us. We get many people get exposure that, that is talking about here mixed up with shame. When God exposes us, when he exposes the sin in our life, he's not doing it to shame us. He's not doing it in a shameful way. He actually does it in a loving way. But the devil has so many people in their minds messed up that they, they don't even want to come to Jesus because they feel like, I'm going to be exposed. I'm going to be exposed. You know, some people know they're a mess. Some people know that they're, they're jacked up, but they feel, I can't go to Jesus because they have believed a lot of the enemy. Oh, you're going to be shamed if you go to that church. You're going to be shamed if you become a Christian. But that's not, that's not what it's saying at all. That's not what the scripture is saying. Yes, when you come to the light, you'll be exposed. Your sin will be exposed. But God does it in an oh-so-loving way. He does it in a way where when, when, when he exposes, he's not shaming you. He actually comes to you. He tends to you. He tends to your needs. He tends to those things that, 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 that you have issues with. He doesn't just shame. He doesn't just point you out. You're, you're, you're wrong in this area. You're dealing with this sin. You have this sin. You're home. This, that, and the, No, he comes to you and he, and he, he exposes you in a way that, 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 that he, he comes and he tends to it. Amen. He, he comes and he deals with it accordingly, but he comes and he tends to it. He doesn't shame you as he exposes you. That's what the enemy wants us to think. The Lord doesn't shame us. Exposure from God doesn't mean he's shaming us. It's to help us. It's to grow us because as he exposes us and he takes these things away from us, there's so much more that he wants to replace those things with. There's so much more in him that he wants to replace those things with. But we had to be honest. We had to humble ourselves and we had to go to God. We had to go to the light. We had to go to the light and let that light expose every single area of our lives. We had to let it expose the deep parts of our lives. We had to pray for the Lord God. Search me, O God. Search me, O God. Please try me, O God. Look within me, O God. And search my heart, O God. If there be any darkness in me, Lord God, expose it. 
understand that when the Lord exposes it, he does it in an oh-so-loving way. He's not going to shame you. He's not going to condemn you. He does it in an oh-so-loving way. He does it in an oh-so-loving way. So again, we must go to the light. All right, God wants to save all people. But in order to be saved, you must go to the light. You must do just as the people of Israel did. You must acknowledge that, Lord, I sin. And you must look, just like they looked at the snake, you must look at Jesus. You must believe in Jesus. You must simply believe in him and accept him. You'll be saved. He'll expose all your, all your wrongdoings. He'll, he'll expose it in a way, in, in, in love, of course. He'll expose it in love, and he'll tend to you. He'll change you. He'll, he'll make you into the image of what he is for you. Not into what the world says you are, not into what you think you are, not into what the devil thinks you are, but the image that he has created you, and that's, that's what he wants to make you in. And that right there is better than anything else that, 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 that you can think of. Amen? So, again, that, that concludes here in chapter 3. We are here. Rather, we got, uh, actually, this, this concludes the interview with Nicodemus, okay? We're going to stop right here. We're going to start back up again uh, as John talks about Jesus in, in, in verse 22. And then, of course, we'll begin to talk about the Samaritan woman as well. So I'm so glad that you have all decided to join in with me today. I pray that this word has truly brought clarity to you. I pray that it has truly brought understanding to you. And I pray that you continue to just have a desire and increase your desire to want to read the word. Amen. So I love you all and I will see you all next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.